This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Hey, what's up? This is Box Brown, uh, creator of Is This Guy For Real? The unbelievable Andy Kaufman. Welcoming you to the Two-Headed Nerd comic po- book podcast with Joe and Matt. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it's our pleasure to welcome you to episode 472 of the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast. My name is Matt Baum, folks. And I remain the internet's Joe Patrick. Each week we discuss Wednesday's new comics, comic book movies, TV news, and unwrap all the rumors under the flaming imported fake Christmas tree that is the internet. Yeah, we had to keep that in because we missed Christmas last week. It's the last show of the year, nerds, and we're going to blow 2017 out of the water with this one. But before we start chugging champagne and ignoring fireworks safety, we better talk about this week's final Nerd News! In March, writer Dan Slott kicks off what appears to be his final storyline on Amazing Spider-Man. Starting with issue 797, the arc is titled Go Down Swinging and will be illustrated by regular Spider-Man artist Stuart Immonen and will introduce an all-new character to Marvel Comics' Spidey Mythos. What? That happens all the time. I know. Slot and Immonen's storyline was announced via Marvel's 2018 solicitations for March. And it focuses on the recently returned Green Goblin and his most dangerous scheme to date. And it's going to introduce something called the Red Goblin. See, I read that as his most dangerous scheme to date the Red Goblin. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, man, that does sound, they sound like a wackadoo couple, man. Look, you know, Norman. Watch out, Joker and Harley. Here come the Red and Green Goblin. Maybe Norman's just looking for a chance to be happy, you know? We've had Red Goblins before, haven't we? Wasn't there a Demo Goblin that was red? No, no, he wasn't red. He was like yellow. He looked like Hobgoblin, but with more, more monstery. More Demo. More Demo, yeah. Yeah, more Demo than Hob. Got it. <laughs> Dan Slott has been guiding Spidey's comic adventures since 2008. He joined the title as one of four rotating writers during the brand new day era from 20, nope, from 2008 to 2010. He then took over as the main series writer in November 2010 and has remained an architect the main architect, you might say, yeah, absolutely. of Peter Parker's adventures ever since. Here's your solicit for Amazing Spider-Man 797. Go down swinging, part one! The Green Goblin is back and scarier than ever. Dan Slott has saved his most harrowing Spider-Man story for last as he and Stuart Eminem kick off the Amazing Spider-Man story 10 years <laughs> in the making. Osborne got his crazy back and has a plan that'll make all his past plans look like child's play. Oh, man. I know. Peter Parker and all the people he loves, all of them are in deep trouble. And who, or what, is the Red Goblin? The only way Spider-Man survives is to go down swinging. Have we ever seen a female goblin? We haven't. Yes, kind of. We have? Uh, Yeah, there was that character Menace that- uh, Oh, yeah. That Norman- uh, Yeah. Was shacking up with. Yeah. Uh, my prediction is the Red Goblin is a female. I'm guessing. I'm just no, they showed the picture of the Red Goblin. It's uh, like a scary looking, he's on fire. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, Google it real quick. All right. Well, Dan Slott has been doing Spider-Man literally as long as I can remember. <laughs> um, the 10 years, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that you can remember. But like, just that. think about <clears throat> how terrible shit was before that. 
Like it we before long, that, there was a bad very run. long time where you yeah. just did not need to read Spider Man. Yeah. And for as many people that bitch like Dance Lot did this and Dance Lot did that and that's not my Spider Man, it was much, much worse before this. And I would argue Dance Lot has been wonderful. His whole run has been a ton of fun. There's been it hasn't all been as great as some of it, you know. But I think it, for the most part, I'm saying. I am 80-20. It's a net positive. Yeah, I'm (laughs) 80-20 with Dan Slott's Spidey. And I'm going to miss him. I'll miss him too, but I mean, 10 years is a long time. Mm -hmm. When you think about long runs on books, you've got, you know, Mark Wade's Flash, Peter David's Hulk. These guys, they they last, you know, 8 to 12 years. Yeah. And then it's time to go. Of course, you don't see that. Outside of Dan Slott and Jason Aaron, I can't think of anybody that's been on a book that long. It's been a long time since we've had. Recently. uh, There was Bendis on Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, which is still going on uh, for now. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's rare these days that these creative teams last this long. Yeah. I think Slot's been a good thing for Spidey. You know, love him or hate him. I think that Spider-Man is in a better place now than he was when Slot came on the Without book. a doubt. I just am... Um, the rumor is that Nick Spencer is taking over as writer of Amazing Spider-Man, and I am just not into that. That... Well, it'll probably temporary. I bet he's taking Maybe. over for a few issues. Hopefully. Because they're going to they're gonna have to get a big name. It's It'll have to be a big name. Yeah. I just don't know who it will be because yeah. Marvel's running out of big names. Truly. You know, I mean, they keep seem to throw Matthew Rosenberg on everything now. So. Hey, I like him. <laughs> I'd be okay with I it. I would absolutely want, like him to take a shot at it. Let's talk Star Wars. The latest rumors about Solo, a Star Wars story, suggest Disney is expecting the spinoff to bomb when it opens in theaters. Yeah, I'm sure it will make no money. Zero. Though Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi has only just begun its theatrical run, Solo is scheduled to premiere in May 2018 after enduring one of the most bizarre productions in recent memory. As many know by now, original directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller were fired back in June due to creative differences with just three weeks left in principal photography. Ron Howard replaced Lord and Miller in the director's chair back in June and reshot nearly the entire film, thereby doubling the budget. He also insists on sitting in both chairs, Lord and Miller's chairs at the same time. No, I get it. Sprawls out over. These are mine! Yeah, right. According to the Screen Geek, an anonymous source close to the film's production, quote, told the site that executives are now bracing themselves for a major disaster with the film. Quote, Disney is bracing themselves, stop with all the bracing, for the Han Solo movie to bomb. They were worried about it before all the Last Jedi controversy. Give me a break. More on that. But now they're essentially writing Solo off. The lead actor, Alden Enric, can't act. Okay, that's not true. And they had a dialogue coach on hand for all of his scenes. On top of that, the script is unworkable. It's going to be a car crash. Now, uh, to be fair, I've only seen Alden Ehrenreich in one movie, and that was Hail Caesar. And he was great in it. But... He, his whole thing was being a bad actor. Yeah. That was the whole deal. But he, I mean, like, he, he's not a country bumpkin. I've I mean, never seen him be a good actor. See, I thought he was wonderful in that film. Sure. Most of these rumors most likely stem from the bizarre controversy surrounding The Last Jedi, which saw irate fanboys organizing to tank the film's audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Joey, we can both agree The Last Jedi controversy is complete bullshit. Yeah, that movie's awesome. But is there any reason to be worried about Solo? So it's always troubling when they have to sure. bring in a new creative talent. Uh, and we talked about this when it happened. Yeah. Uh, Disney knows what they want with Star Wars. Right. They have a, a firm vision. They've done it with the Marvel movies where they've had to take directors out and replace them and it's worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying a, a 
a Lord and Miller Han Solo movie would not have been good, but it wasn't what they wanted. Right. You know, they're, they've got kind of like a improvisational jokey style. Maybe that's not what they want for this sure. kind of movie. I am a little worried that we haven't seen anything out of it. I'll give at you that. Oh, that is the only part that worries me. But and what I heard was that they were last Jedi was coming out. They didn't want to like, well, and also think about the last Jedi. We didn't get trailers for that until like, why? Six months before. Yeah, I know. Like, why? And we were all like, what the hell? What the hell? Why the hell? wasn't there a Han Solo trailer in front of The Last Jedi? I don't think they, I think they want the movies to stand alone and not be interrupted. Just like you said, I think it wanted to be what it is and we don't need to flood the market with it because it's popular enough. We don't want to make people sick. I mean, think about Justice League. We started getting trailers for that like four years ago. <laughs> yeah, they were leaking, <laughs> leaking footage. Yeah. But I don't buy this at all. I think this is total bullshit. I think it's complete bullshit. And to say that a studio like Disney is going to go, oh, just write it off. Screw yeah, no, it. that's it's They've been so careful with everything they've done so far in Star Wars to go as far as to remove directors Right. And story writers and redo things that they thought need to be reshot or whatever. And the, the script was rewritten by the guy that wrote Empire Strikes Back. Yes. And his uh, son. And they have done this pretty much with every new Star Wars film they put out to an extent. Now, you know, J.J. Abrams wasn't replaced or whatever, but like they reshot a lot of Rogue One. Well, yeah. Uh, and right, we were worried about that. Right. And I don't think Ryan, Ryan Johnson was the first choice. No. And for he, episode also the script eight, writer, right? Right. And the scriptwriter got fired from Rogue One and they redid a bunch of stuff. I'm saying this is horseshit and this is flames that are being fanned by this angry fanboy group out there that is a seriously vocal minority. Sure. And it is important to remember that. Right. This is a minority of people that got on Twitter and went, oh, not my Luke Skywalker. Like, Shut the hell up. <laughs> Nobody walked out of the Empire Strikes Back and goes, well, who's this emperor then? Oh, oh so Darth Vader's just Luke's dad and you're not going to explain anything? Right. There's another fucking movie coming assholes shut up i saw i saw a thing online somebody found uh must have been like a fan magazine like starlog or something where it's like fan reaction to empire strikes back right and they're like hold on a minute Darth Vader's Luke's what? Yeah. <laughs> like the, the fans, even back then, were similarly. Yeah. Had their their pants in a wad. Yeah. It's like, will you just please shut but up? Nobody freaked out when Darth Vader killed the Emperor, and we all went, well, wait a minute. Who was that guy? Right. Where did he come from? And then when we found out who the Emperor was, remember that? It was boring. It sucked. Yes. It totally sucked. I, I said this exact same thing to, to my friend the other day. He was like, we never, he was like all mad that you don't find out about, okay, spoilers. He's all mad that you don't find out the secret origin of General Snoke or whatever. Guess I'm like, what? Snoke's a bad guy. We, That's all you need to know. Right. We found out the origin of the Emperor in the prequels, and it was the and most boring shit sucked. ever. Snoke is a bad guy. You know what Snoke was? Snoke was a tool to establish Kylo Ren as an even better bad guy. Right. It, and it, it was awesome. Yes. It was totally awesome. I don't, don't want to talk spoilers. Movies just come out. But yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um, I'm, I'm only hesitant about Solo. Because I want to see, st I want to see stuff. Sure, I want to see stuff from it. But I also think they do that on purpose, just like they did with Last Jedi. We were like, and when we finally got a Last Jedi trailer, yeah, holy crap! You're right. We were chomping at the bit. They just wait for us to froth at the mouth. But no, I don't buy this. I think this is more just bullshit controversy. That it's like, oh good, no, yeah, yeah, no, Solo's gonna be ruined. You watch, Solo's gonna be a crybaby white guy that needs to be saved by girls and black people. You know, like fuck you. Yeah, right. God. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was it. <laughs>
So there's your nerd news for this week. Of course, we want to hear from you and your alt-right theories on Star Wars. So... You know what? I'm not just I'm just gonna <laughs> shut that down and say that was definitely a joke. I don't want to hear your all right Star and Wars. Everything theory. else we missed, hit us up at the Ziggurat Direct line at 402-819-4894. Share your thoughts with us on these stories and more. But now it is time for Joe and I to play wise men and present two reviews of this week's comics before the king. Joey, I was gonna make a frankincense and mirror joke, but I don't know what those are. So why don't you start us off? My main review for this week is Assassinistas, number one, or Ass-Assinistas. Ass-Assinistas, I think that's how you say it. This is from IDW's Black Crown imprint. It's written by Tiny Howard. Teeny, tiny, I don't know. Let's go with tiny. I like tiny better. And I picture him like a gigantic dude. I think it's a lady. I picture her like a gigantic woman. Okay. Tiny. Don't make me bring tiny back in here. <laughs> <laughs> Art is by Gilbert Hernandez. Yes, that Gilbert Hernandez. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Okay. Here's your solicit. Dominic Prince and the Semester Abroad, part one of six. Dominic Prince is a college-age kid who just wants to spend the semester making out with his boyfriend, Taylor, in between rounds of Turbo Light Fighter and maintaining a solidly passable 3.2 GPA. All right. His mom, Octavia, formerly a badass action movie quality bounty hunter, didn't pay his tuition. Whoops. Because she had to get back in the business and spend 40k on black market weapons and body armor. And she's bringing Dominic with her because the alternative is making lattes for a semester and he'd rather die. Good thing in mom's line of work, dying is an option. Whoa. I don't know if that's a good thing. It's a good tagline though. Now, the solicit makes it seem like Dominic is the focus of the story, but the first issue actually deals primarily with Octavia and her past as part of a team of assassins alongside her partners, Scarlet and Blood Diamond. We see the team in their heyday, pulling jobs and kicking it at the roller rink, falling in love, growing older, and having families. I loved the kind of Kill Bill meets Charlie's Angels vibe of Octavia and her friends, and Howard spends a lot of time setting up this history, so when the shit really hits the fan in the modern day, it has some weight to it. Howard shifts gears to the present and introduces us to Octavia and Scarlet's modern lives. Scarlet, a.k.a. Charlotte, is leading a happy retirement, raising a big family. Octavia is struggling, though. She has a college-age son whose education she insisted on paying for, and now she's in a tough spot. She's got no money. Keeney Howard is a lady. I, I know that. Yeah. Thank, that's what I said. Dominic is your typical college student spending too much time in bed playing video games, trying to find the right time to come out to his mother. I really loved the character interactions in this book. Howard takes plenty of time to set up each relationship, but the story never drags, thanks to the way it cuts back and forth between the past and the present day. Gilbert Hernandez is a Will Eisner Hall of Fame artist. If you've never heard of him, you have not been paying attention. I kind of can't believe that they got him to do this. The Hernandez brothers do a lot of weird side they projects. They do. They yeah. definitely do. Yeah. But it just, it, it he hasn't, done, a, it, he hasn't done anything like this in a long time. Right. He is a legend and his talents are on full display here, especially with his expressive faces uh, and very diverse character designs. His characters are also exaggerated uh, and not always in a subtle way. For example, if you look at the scenes with Dominic, 
he and Taylor seem almost strangely proportioned, which felt off to me until I realized that he was drawing them as like an exaggerated version of what they are. They're awkward, gangly teens still growing into their bodies. I was excited about Assassinistas when I read the preview in Black Crown Quarterly. Now it's here. I really enjoyed it. It's a fun story. It's got a nice twist on the uh, the old trope of, you know, assassin with a family. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving it a buy it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I guess I was just more curious as to why Gilbert Hernandez was working on this. Because it's just it's not like an odd choice for any story. He's very talented. And uh, I... I Went into this not expecting a whole lot. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. and yeah, A pleasant surprise, yeah. Yeah, and Teeny Howard is one of those names that is starting to really come up. And I think she is going to be a much bigger name in 2018 as well. But I really enjoyed Assassinistas. It was not what I expected. The art was great, and I had a lot of fun with it. It's an assassin book with a heart. Yep. Yeah, there you go. What's your rating, Matt? Oh, I'm giving it a buy it. Okay, good. I thought I said that. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, Matt, what did you choose to review this week? Wow, Joe, thanks for asking. It's so natural. I'm also reading a book from last week because we have to talk about it. And that book is X-Men Grand Design, number one from Marvel. It is written and drawn by Ed Piscor. It's 48 pages for $5.99. Here is your solicit. From Eisner Award winning creator Ed Piscor, hip hop family tree, comes the thrilling new series chronicling all of X-Men history. X-Men Grand Design stitches together the most important moments in mutant history. They said that twice, creating a comprehensive narrative celebrating the X-Men's past, present, and future. The first in a trilogy, Grand Design, returns to Charles Xavier's assembly of Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Iceman, and Angel, and Beast. (laughs) A must for fans looking to brush up on their X-Men lore, or is a jumping on point for Marvel's Merry Mutants? Let's just start by addressing that final line in the solicit. This is not a jumping on point for Marvel's Merry Mutants. What do you mean it's not? And I would argue they have not been merry for quite some time. This is a celebration of X-Men past and present mashed together by a crazy person for X fans. It is an open love letter. Yeah, but I think uh, I think if someone was curious about the X-Men, I don't you think, could give them this book. You could, but I don't think they're going to read this and be like, all right, I'm ready to figure out what's going on in the pages of The Return of Jean Grey. <laughs> like, no. Well, not after just the first one. <laughs> if you've listened to this show in the past, you probably heard me squealing about Ed Piskor's work on the hip-hop family tree. The book was a loose history of hip-hop from its humble beginnings in the streets and discos of New York to the golden age of the late 90s. Now Piskor is bringing his ADD breakneck historical style to the X-Men. The story begins with the Submariner flooding New York and winds its way through the Marvel Golden Age to a young Xavier growing up and learning about his powers, then later assembling his team of X-Men. Piscor uses elements from old and modern comics to weave his own personal X-history. He shows us scenes, for example, of Captain America and Wolverine in World War II meeting a young Magneto, which, if you're an X-Nerd like me, you're thinking... Well, that never happened, and you'd be right. But in the back matter, Piscor explains how he took stories from Uncanny X-Men number 268, Wolverine Origins 16 through 20, and mashed them into a story from X-Men Evolution, the animated series season two, episode 14. And you know what? It works. It might even work better than all of those stories on their own. Like his cartoonish art style, Piscor plays fast and loose with his ex-history, but he explains all of his decisions in a very detailed page-for-page bibliography in the back of the first issue. There is so 
much crammed into this first issue of Grand Design, it becomes instantly and infinitely rereadable. Piscor is a master storyteller and an amateur historian weaving his own borderline fan fiction history of the X-Men that highlights events and stories I hadn't thought about in years. X-Men Grand Design is worth every penny and it's going to be worth even more as a big impressive omnibus when it's done. I cannot give this a bigger buy it. It was insane. I agree. I I agree with... M- Everything you said, uh, I don't know, at this point, after like four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree, if it's fair to call him an amateur historian, I think the dude's a straight up historian. (laughs) Well, when I say amateur historian, it's like he's not trying to capture the actual history. He is going, this is the way I understand it. This is the way fans kind of see it. So fuck it. Let's just crush it all together and make it sound exactly like what historians and, do. But, uh, but I mean, what I'm saying is like he's taken, there's a lot of problems with X continuity and he's embraced those problems and just said, screw it. This works like this, <laughs> you know, which you have to do. If you're if a historical comic fan of these stories and X-Men continuity, you have to just accept some of the shit retroactively proactively. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's how comic book canon works. Yeah. You know, these, these stories all inform one another. Right. Um, it's just very rare that you get a chance to look at it. Right. From outside. Yeah. And like to, or this. just to see it, to go back and see it actually done. All of, how all the pieces fit together. Yes. Right. Um, you know, for those of you that haven't been reading comics for 40 years, like Matt and I, or aren't obsessively checking wiki pages. Right. You know, Ed Pisker has done that work. Absolutely. And it's a phenomenal with characters piece of work. that do not deserve it. Like Unus the Untouchable. <laughs> hey, whatever. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, I loved it. I it's now a, know where Unus came from. <laughs> it's a huge buy in for me as well. It was so cool. So there's our final main reviews for 2017. Well, we want to hear from you nerds. So we're going to post these on TwoHeadedNerd.com so you can respond in the review section of the THN forums or even the THN Facebook fan page where you will be safe my retribution because I was banned long, long ago. But now... That's just an excuse. It's time for Joe and I to kick off 2018 with a bang to celebrate New Year's Eve. We'll be loading ourselves in the THN wave motion gun and firing us across the U.S. while we hold sparklers in our flexing buttocks and review eight more of this week's new comics during the 2017's final Ludicrous Speed round. Light them up, Joe! Ludicrous Speed, go! Marvel 2-in-1 from Marvel, if you didn't get that from the title. Chip Zdarsky and artist Jim Chung reunite Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm on a quest to find the lost Fantastic Four. And the catalyst for their adventure wasn't at all what I expected. Great emotional storytelling from Zdarsky. Beautiful art by Chung, as usual. I loved this issue, and it reminded me how much the Marvel Universe needs the FF. This is absolutely the return of the FF. It fucking better be. There's no question. Buy it. Hawkman found number one from DC. Hawkman's history is a goddamn mess. Read his wiki page if you don't believe me. It is laugh out loud stuff. But you know who doesn't care? Writer Jeff Lemire and Hawkman. Here we see Carter Hall trapped in the metalverse trying to figure out who he is. And Brian Hitch's art is wonderful, but also unrecognizable. I would not have known this was Brian Hitch. Oh, no. Had you told me. No, I thought it was. I thought he was amazing. I mean, he did a great job. I'm pumped to have Hawkman back, pumped to see him murdering manhawks, and I'm giving Hawkman found a buy it. Curse words, Christmas special from Image. Charles Soule and guest artist Mike Norton present a weird holiday hunting party from Wizards Past. 
This book is insane. And Norton does a great job standing in for regular artist Ryan Brown. This is not a great starting point for the main series, but it's a good sample of the outrageous tone and style for those that are interested in giving curse words a try. Okay. And I recommend that you do. It's a strong skimmit. All right. Bonehead number one from Image slash Top Cow. Postal writer Brian Hill weaves a tale of near f- of a near future megalopolis where parkour gangs and helmets flip around and fight each other while cops look on. Yuck. And sort of sometimes fight them too, I think. This was a little hard to follow. Do the cops do parkour? Yeah, they do. (laughs) But that may be what he was going for. I think he kind of wanted to just drop you into this big immersive experience in the future and hope you're coming along for the ride. Ruled Marcellus is great on art here, drawing very techie, complex backgrounds and guiding the reader's eye through the parkour scenes. But after finishing Bonehead, I wasn't really sure what happened other than some really neat futuristic parkour fan fiction. I'm giving it a skip. <laughs> Weird idea. Phoenix Resurrection, The Return of Jean Grey, number one from Marvel. I have some feelings. Okay. Yeah. The return no one was clamoring for, but everyone expected is finally here and it's fine, I guess. Yeah, nobody cares, right? Nobody cares. Lots of weird psychic phenomena are happening around the world, and only the combined efforts of three poorly named X-Men squads are equipped to handle it. <laughs> I'm happy to see Matthew Rosenberg get a shot at a big, you know, a big event like this, and yeah. he's up to the task. The normally outstanding Linnell Francis Yu delivers some pretty inconsistent art, unfortunately. Worst Colossus I've seen in a long time. Right? Okay. Yeah, it's, Colossus looked terrible. Some pages were so rushed they yeah, looked like. Yeah, completely unfinished. I guess I'm happy to have the adult Jean Grey back in theory. I just, I'm not excited to have to go through all of this nonsense just to get to the point. I will give Rosenberg, he wrote a good script. Like the dialogue was fine. I felt like these, this is how these X characters act. I liked the way the teams were led and stuff like that, but I don't think I care. Yeah. But that might be a better, a bigger issue with the X-Men period. Well, and maybe read it all in one chunk. It's 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 weekly. Maybe. It's going to have different artists on every Are issue. Are they bringing adult Scott back? Is that what they're doing? Well, but lots of stuff happened in this issue, yeah, right? right. And I don't want to spoil anything because a lot of it happened at the very end. Mm. And uh, some characters showed up that I yeah. am very happy to see, but yeah. I'm not sure what's happening. I'm also conflicted. I don't know. It's it's weird. I'm giving it a skim it. It's, we can all agree it's time for baby X-Men to go away, right? But please, fire them into space. Or they can actually, let's have old man Logan drive the ship into the sun. Load them all up. <laughs> yeah, load come them on, all kids. Up in the, uh, We've got an important mission. <laughs> the space Winnebago, yes. Doomsday Clock number two from DC. I didn't get to talk about Doomsday Clock number one, so I'm talking about number two. Yes, DC has taken many a steaming dump on Alan Moore's head, but I'm not addressing that here. I'm just talking about the How substance of the you. comic, okay? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it on cover to cover if you want to. All right. I was shocked at how much I have enjoyed this book and the fact that Jeff Johns could write this dark. Is he doing a more impersonation? Absolutely. But it's working. And God damn, Gary Frank is as good as he has ever been on art. The story works. It makes sense. Doomsday Clock is good. And that's all I asked of it. I'm giving it a bite. Scarlet's Strike Force, number one from IDW. It's about time she rounded up some Transformers and Micronauts to fight with her. Hey, that's right. (laughs) 
There's a lot of unfortunate drama surrounding this new series by long-running G.I. Joe writer Aubrey Citizen, friend of the show, and artist Nelson Daniel. You should stay tuned for more on that. We've got Ryan, our man Ryan Mount uh, doing some investigative work. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff. The book got canceled before number one even came out. Okay. Yeah, it got canceled with number three. And I don't know what the fanboys were so riled about because I thought this was a ton of fun. Okay. Citizen really leans into the shared Hasbro universe that IDW has created. I have not loved everything that has come from that. But I have a soft spot for G.I. Joe and its more ridiculous elements. And Citizen totally wraps all that stuff up in a warm hug. And, like, you've got uh, ex-Decepticons working with G.I. Joes. But they're fucking human-sized. What? It's shrunk down. There's a scene. <laughs> what? There's a scene where Skywarp catches Rock and Roll, who is falling. Okay. And we Rock and Roll lands on Skywarp in jet mode, and he's like, it's like a go kart sized jet. What? I don't know. It was just. It's what the so. What's going on? It's so <laughs> goofy. And yeah, like Matt Tracker from Mask is on the team. Sure. It's it's bonkers. Yeah. And they're fighting like weird moloid ant creatures from the center of the earth. I don't fucking know. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Um, It's just, it's fun. Like, Citizen sees all of the things, like, there's nothing serious about a team of military people where they are in costume. Right. Right? Right. One of them dresses up like a baseball player and sure. shoots baseball-shaped yep. grenades from a giant gun. Right. It's supposed to be weird and bizarre. Sure. And... They get it. I usually enjoy Daniel's art a great deal. This seemed a little more loose than I'm used to seeing. But still, if you were around for the pinnacle of 1980s toy line excellence, you will find a lot to like here. It's a very strong skimmit. I have to admit, it's got a very narrow appeal. Well, yeah. I mean, definitely. <laughs> Star Wars, The Last Jedi, The Storms of Crate, number one from Marvel. Because you demanded more of the planet from The Last Jedi. Ben's, it's a cool planet. It is. Ben's Acker and Blacker write a one-shot of what happened the first time Luke and Leia visited Crate. And it's pitch perfect. It's full of action and quippy dialogue and absolutely beautiful art by Marco Cicchetto, who was not only born to draw Star Wars stories, but gets better every time he does it. Yeah, he drew that it miniseries with... saying uh, how good he is. He drew that Obi-Wan and Anakin miniseries, yes. which I... Oh my god! Blocked from memory because it was in prequel territory. But it was beautiful. But it did look good. And Mike Mike Mayhew is on the cover doing amazing painted Star Wars work. But you open to page one and nothing nothing is lost. Yeah. You know when you put a guy like that on the cover, it's really hard for someone to hold on to the story. God, he killed it. I'm not sure what this series is because this is labeled number one. And next we're getting the story of Benicio, the stuttering Codemaster Del Toro. But I'm giving it a buy. It. I don't know if this is like a series of Last Jedi things or just like filling in the gaps. Yeah, it's not really labeled as to what it actually is. So I don't know. It's a buy. It. Fair enough. Fazam, fawam. That is your ludicrous speed round. And fazam, fawam is the sound of the ray and another hero Matt loves. No spoilers. Sorry. Shooting lasers out of their hands, like they do. Yeah. This onomatopoeia of the week was submitted by Brian Domingos via Twitter. It came from Justice League of America number 21. Yes. From DC Comics. If you've got time between your laser blasts and want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, just hit us up on any of our social media or shoot us an email to at a nerd at gmail.com. 
Also, if you want to read our full reviews along with other reviews from the Love Slaves, head over to the review section of TwoHeadedNerd.com and join the choir of nerds yelling at Matt on a weekly basis. There you go. Joe, now that we've burned our butt cheeks so badly, we're not going to be able to sit down for the first week of 2018. It is time we visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where we'll lay on our bellies while a purple ray gun we borrowed from the Amazon goes to work on our butts. Joe? It's very soothing. <laughs> it feels great, right? The tingle means Ooh. that you know it's working. Like it's a little itchy, but a little scratchy, too, you know? Oh, it's great. <laughs> while we're healing, why don't you tell the nerds what you're excited to read next week? That somehow makes no sense and all the sense at the same time. (laughs) Next week, my pick is Exit Stage Lift, The Snagglepuss Chronicles, number one. That's the best you can do? Nah. That's my cute Exit Stage Lift. Yeah, good job. It's from DC Comics, not Marvel. Written by Mark Russell, with art by Mike Feehan. It's 32 pages for $3.99, and here is your solicit. It's 1953. While the United States is locked in a nuclear arms race with the Soviet Union, the gay southern playwright known as Snagglepuss is the toast of Broadway. But success has made him a target. As he plans for his next hit play, Snagglepuss becomes the focus of the House Committee on Un-American Activities. And when powerful forces align to purge show business of the most subversive voices, no one is safe. Drama. Humor. Tragedy. It all starts in Exit Stage Lift. Huh? <laughs> the Snagglepuss Chronicles. Whoa. I wasn't even really trying. Yeah, that was more like... Uh, a new miniseries from the, the writer... super friends are gathered in the Hall of Justice. Meanwhile... <laughs> oh, easy, easy. Sorry. You can't do that. How many times did I tell you? It all starts in a new miniseries from the writer who brought us the Flintstones. I know. Mark Russell. It's going to be great. I was excited already. Now I can't wait because... Uh, somebody online found a tweet. Oh, I saw this. Uh, it's of the uh, guy kissing Snagglepuss. Uh, uh, there's a panel in the book where Snagglepuss is kissing a human yeah. man, and the reply and the reply to that it's tweet like some is bigoted like, asshole. That panther better be a female. <laughs> Look, bestiality is fine, as long as it is heterosexual bestiality. Also, you, know? you have no idea who Snagglepuss is. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're, uh, you're going to have sex with a dog, right? just Better make, make it sure it's dog. heterosexual dog yeah. sex, you know? Like, this book is tailor-made to enrage. Yeah, it's just going to piss people off. The biggest idiots on the internet. Right. Which and is a, I can't wait which to Which is exactly it. what like Tennessee Williams was doing back in the day. I, I'm so you know, excited They called about him, it. they said he was a pornographer. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. because he, just because he was gay. I love it. It's going to be great. Matt, what is your pick? Look, I, I can't tell <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> exactly why I have to pick this. I have to see what happens. And it's because of the talent that they have on this book, okay? My pick is Transformers versus the Visionaries, number one, from IDW, written by Magdalene Visaggio with art by Fico Osio. Sure. Right? Yeah. Okay. 32 pages for $3.99. Here's your solicit. Cybertron has been invaded. The Transformers encounter an unwelcome guest at the heart of Cybertron, hyphen, and, I don't know why they would do that, they may not have their host's best interests at heart. Refugees from another world, the visionaries, startling magical abilities could make them powerful allies or dangerous enemies. Welcome 
Eisner-nominated writer Magdalene Visaggio. Yeah, sort of. Who wrote Kim and Kim, Quantum Teens or Go, Secret Empire, Brave New World, which we didn't care about, but also wrote part of the Edge of Venomverse, which we were just blown away by. <laughs> you know who loved Venomverse? Aaron Myers. Oh, and he is not ashamed of it. The visionaries make their explosive return to comics. It's magic versus metal. Both of these creators are very talented. And I have to see what's going on here. And I secretly love the visionaries. I'm not a huge fan of Magnus. Why are they on fucking Cybertron? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> the visionaries is such an obscure yeah. toy line that even as a kid, I didn't know what it was. But they were listed back when we were, talked about those reports of them building a larger Hasbro universe. Sure, right, yeah. They were listed right there. G.I. Joe, Mask, Transformers, the visionaries. It was all right there. Their big draw was like they had holograms. Yes, like 80, that 80s style hologram. Yeah, they would project whatever their hologram was into like a giant version of the hologram and they would fight. Wow. There was a magic thing. And uh, Christian family groups are like, Satan, shut it down. <laughs> there are magic, there's evil magic, and Satan, you know. And so Visionaries what, like, was wiped away from like, the cartoon was canceled. It was stricken from the book of record. They took the figures off the, off the, I was going to say racks at Richmond Gordman, <laughs> you know, back in the sure. day. <laughs> well, it's time has come. The THN trade of the week goes to, oh yeah. Oh boy. Superboy, book one, trade paperback oh boy. from DC Comics. One of the most 90s things that ever happened yes. in 90s comics. Written by Carl Castle, art by Tom Grummet. It's 272 pages for $24.99. Here's your solicit. In the aftermath of the death of Superman and the return of the Man of Steel, the new Superboy moves to Hawaii. <laughs> but as his powers develop, <laughs> the young clone of Superman must learn to be a hero as he battles villains, including Sidearm, who I love. Sidearm is the dumbest villain we ever created. We never saw from Sidearm again, right? He appeared like three or four times in Superboy, always as a joke. Okay. Like he'd show up and he'd be like, he just happened to be where Superboy is, and he's like, oh, God, not again, and then gets his ass kicked. Okay. Stupid. Uh, and <laughs> Knockout, who is a great character, uh, who went on to do wonderful things in Gail Simone's Secret Six. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's right. And he faces the effects of the Dread Clone Plague. Oh, boy. Oh, man. This book collects issues zero through 11. I love the 90s Superboy. I feel nothing. I love Superboy. him. <laughs> I love him so much, unabashedly, unironically, and I think this is the first time ever that his comic book has been collected. I wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. Now, let me ask you this. Are they doing it because there's some plan for a return of this type of Superboy? DC puts out a lot of collections of a lot of weird old stuff. I mean, they do, but isn't it usually kind of tied to something that's coming? Not always. Okay, but sometimes it is. I'm not wrong there. Sometimes well, it's- Well, maybe, but yeah. I mean, but I mean- this version of Superboy does not exist. Okay. I mean, they, but like they just started doing a bunch of like reprinting a bunch of old Legion of Superheroes stuff because we're getting a return of the Legion this year. We don't know that. Oh, we are. Come yeah, on. We don't know that. There's been Nothing's so been announced. many hints. Get out of here. You're right. Uh, but they've all, they also reprint a lot of weird, like out of continuity JLA stories and old Batman stories. No, like, that's fair. That's fair. DC, it does a good job bringing their old stock into print. I like Connor Kent. Uh, I, and I would like to see not necessarily this Connor Kent return, oh but a Connor Kent. No way, man. I love him. <laughs> I love him. Weird strappy belts on his legs and all. Oh boy. Fade high top fade. Oh, uh, yeah. Not a high top fade. That's what kid and play had. Yeah. But like a, like a fade haircut round 
perfectly round sunglasses. Oh, God. It's the most 90s thing ever. So dumb. So there's our picks for the first week of 2018. Of course, we want to hear about what you're excited for this year. So hit us up, Twitter, Facebook, the THN fan page, any place you want. Let us know what you're reading and what you think we should be reading right now. It's time to check in with this week's episode of THN Cover to Cover. Now, what you're going to hear are just a few of the calls we got this weekend. We're going to cut out a bunch of Joe and I's rambling because, man, did we ramble. (laughs) We got a little crazy. The full uncut show, including our chat, lives on our YouTube page where you can actually see the fun. If you want to play along, follow us. You can see the chat. Yeah, it's right there in the window. Hmm. If you want to play along, follow us on Facebook and tune into our Facebook Live cover to cover show every Saturday morning from 11 to 1230 Central Standard Time. We set up the news and discussion, and then you call us at 402-819-4894 or click our Call Now button on our Facebook page, and we'll wrap with you live on the damn internets. Think Sports Talk Radio for nerds. Nothing's out of bounds. Let's talk. Let's argue. Let's get to the meat of the matter. Let's learn about each other. But Joe, before we get started here, can you please reset the question of the week? So yeah, as Matt said, this year we are celebrating... The get this seventh annual wow Golden Beppo Awards. That's stupid. The best of the best from comics in 2017. Seven years of this, and we're still not famous. No. Wow. Now, <laughs> I put some categories up online. Uh, the big ones: best writer, best artist, best ongoing series. Sure. Best series. I don't care if it's ongoing. Yeah, really. you just best series of 2018. Uh, but you know what? You guys are in charge of this show, so if you want to make up your own Beppo, yeah. you go for it. Movies. Keep it video kind games. of adjacent to what we're... Yeah, let's keep <laughs> it nerd-related. Let's keep it nerd-related, please. But uh, yeah, so normally we open it up to any topic. This year we're celebrating the best of, so there we go. let's stay focused. Open the phone lines! All, All right. right. Let's get back on track here. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who dis? It's Brian Domingos. Brian Domingos. All right. How are you, sir? Let's talk about your best of 2018. All right. I'm going to say writer uh, Rob Williams for uh, Suicide Squad and, um, God, I don't know, Trinity and Action Comics and Unfollowed. And and he just, he writes, everything he writes is good. Okay. You? I like Rob Williams. I like Rob Williams. I don't particularly love his Suicide Squad, but to all those, their own, you know. I know, but you you don't like Harley, so that's going to, that's a, that's a, that's the problem you have. It's Matt's not a, just that Matt I don't like Harley. a strong anti-Suicide Squad. I don't right like this version of the Suicide Squad. You know, I have a version of Suicide Squad in my head. This is not it. That's my problem. With it. You want like... <clears throat> I want the bronze tiger and shit, you know? Mm. <laughs> you want to shade the I changing mean, man and... Uh... I'm, I'm keeping up with those trades and they're, you know, they're good. But some of it's like, yeah, that was a, that was like a six issue arc that went nowhere. So, there, you know, there are some I think it's it's better in, in you know, memory than it is in, in the actual. pages. Oh, sure, but sure. I mean, it's a good it's a good book. But I'm like, eh, that volume wasn't so great. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? yeah, they weren't all um, hits. They weren't all hits. What's your OK? Best artist. Let's hear it. OK, it's hard because like there's so many people, but I like I and I just reread the trade last night. The uh, the Nick Fury book, uh, the Echo on Nick Fury is yeah. like, yeah. He's better than everybody. He's I mean, that guy is just unbelievable. Out of his mind. He drew Midnighter, right, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't he? And or at least am- the first ma- few? I think he drew the first couple. I don't think he drew all of it, but it yeah. was intense. He did. Oh he my did. God. Yeah, he did. He did most of the uh, twelve issues with the, his. He had an inker who works with him a lot, but um, yeah, he's unbelievable. It's he just did like, Midnighter and Apollo. Everything too, didn't is. He? 
The covers for that. Okay, the covers for that. All right, yeah. No, he's yeah. A, he's amazing. But uh, he's amazing. He's like J.H. Williams yeah. on crack. Yeah, he yeah, everything he does is a like, lot of the 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 big spreads with right. a lot, the small inset. Like panels, there are like no the, frames. The things just, that are full of detail. He just lets stuff just go and makes his own frames. And oh man, it's so cool. Well, he he does it. It, it also it has that like it reminds me of every everything he does reminds me of like. Um, JG Jones on Marvel boy, where everything looked liquid. Like yeah. everything looks yes. like it's like Definitely. 3d and you can touch it and it's like fluid. And like, it's not like, like with uh JH Williams, it's laid out and it's harsh, you know, like it's firm and it's beautiful, but yeah. it's like, it's very specific. And this just looks like, it looks like he created out of his mind. Yeah. You know, it's, He's great. Like he's great. Everything is, is amazing. Like it's pouring out of him. I've always said JH Williams looks like he's building right. stained glass windows. Whereas someone like JG yeah. Jones is just like dumps his art onto the page and then smears it around with his hands. <laughs> like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Speaking of which, where the hell is JG Jones? Um, the last thing JG Jones drew that I am aware of was strange fruit. Uh, oh by yeah. Mark Wade. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if he's laying low or what. <laughs> yeah, you you couldn't see my face. I was wincing when you said that. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I that don't, was I don't the know. last time I saw he's him. He's doing covers. Oh, good. He, he just did a cover. He did a DC cover for, God, I don't know, something I just read. Um, maybe for Justice League now, the new um, really? Justice League. I think he's doing covers for that, which oh, is a great book. How good as is you guys that? know, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I um, love it. I'm so glad. It is really good. I like. I um, Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. We don't. I don't need to get into my Justice no, League no. feelings right now. <laughs> you can get into it. Listen, it's your show. You talk about whatever you want. No, I, I don't have like a specific. I was thinking of like best book, and I don't know. Maybe Hawkeye. Like I, I don't know. I read. I read so much stuff that it's hard to say. Like wow, like this really moved me. But Hawkeye probably sur- surprised me the most. Um, yeah, I'll although give Secret that. Weapons is up there too. Secret Weapons, which. You know, I don't give a shit about Valiant or any of that stuff, and I, I just because I can't get into it. But Secret that book, I was, was like, you know, awesome. every, yeah, every issue was good, and and it didn't. I mean, I know it's part of a larger story, but it didn't feel like it. You know, like it felt like a, it felt like its own original thing, and yeah, um, that's what they do. You with know, Valiant. and I think they're going to do another one. Yeah, yeah I know, but, uh, but zero still, issue comes out next week. Yes. Yeah, there's new stuff coming, so I think I'm going to stick with it. But and that Raul Allen is like, you know, crazy. He's that kind of yeah, David Aja Kano kind of guy of like really subtle, but you can't tell how good he is because it doesn't look complicated, but it's so much better than everybody else. Oh yeah, this is the one that's written by the Arrival guy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, Eric Heiser. Uh, I just wanted to make that joke before you could. So. Gotcha. I did it longer. Yeah. Okay. Good job. You did it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I did Congrats. It. I did it a little better. You, you get you, you get my golden bevel for worst shittiest joke. Yeah, of we've been. Yeah, we've been. We've been took that one to the woodshed. We've <laughs> <laughs> been workshopping that one. You took a week off last week to uh, practice. I could tell it was mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah. We've really honed yeah. our craft. Joe's timing's a little <laughs> shitty. I apologize, but you know, I feel like I was right on. It's organic. It's organic. Yeah. It feels organic. Yeah. Well, Brian, thank you yeah, for so calling. Yeah, that's all I got. Happy New Year. Yeah, I know you guys are busy. Yeah. Oh, hey. You too, guys. Thanks for everything. Uh, thanks for the support this year. And uh, You well, can always find Brian Domingos at the THN Forums, where right. he was crowned king this year. He's our new king. Yeah. And, uh, Long may he reign. Until somebody challenges him, he might be king for 2018 as well. Yeah, it's a real... Yeah, um, no one's challenging. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nobody wants that job, <laughs> to be quite frank. <laughs> Brian, thanks for your call, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Happy New Year. 
Question of the week answer from James Kaplan. James Kaplan, he's a heady guy. We hey love guys, him. James Kaplan here with an answer for the question of the week. For best writer, this is going to seem like an obvious choice, but I got to go with Tom King. He wrote my two favorite single issues of the year, the Batman Elmer Fudd comic and the Batman Annual. And he's just capable of hitting these amazing high points um, on the Batman comic. And also really Mr. Miracle is an amazing, super well-written, really smart, interesting comic. So he, he's my choice for best writer. For best artist, tons of great artists, of course, every year. Uh, but I have to go with Mike and Laura Allred on Silver Surfer. Their art is just full of so much emotion and joy and sadness and imagination all on, you know, a single page or a single panel. They just, they do so much. And that book is just sort of bursting with creative energy. And they're responsible, you know, they for how great that book is. And I'm really going to miss it. Uh, for best overall ongoing series, I have to go with Paper Girls. It's Brian K. Vaughn, so you know that it's going to have engaging, fun characters, good dialogue, and an entertaining story, and it has all of that. Each issue unlocks sort of more of the weird time travel mystery, the characters are memorable, and the art from Cliff Chang is really great, really fun art uh, with terrific colors from Matt Wilson. Uh, So that's my choice for best ongoing series. I look forward to hearing what other people have to pick. Happy New Year. Happy New Year James, to you, James. Happy New Year. Thank you for your call. All right, we got a call coming in. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? Hey, nerds. This is Kyle calling from San Diego. Kyle, Kyle. how are you? Is it warm there? It is. It was. Uh, it was eighty degrees yesterday. Okay, you son of a bitch. Our high is two. What do you think of that? The high today in Nebraska, uh, two. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? <laughs> Let's talk about your best of for twenty eighteen, Kyle. All right, best of. So I've got a couple. That I wanted to talk about. Hit us. Uh, I think my, my best writer for the year is going to be Jeff Lemire. That's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good choice. I mean, he puts out so much stuff, Black Hammer, and he, he just puts out so much content. Yeah. Between uh, DC and also Dark his Horse, novel, Roughneck was awesome. Valiant. Yeah. And he wrote it and he put out a novel this year, too. Yep. That dude, like, cannot be stopped. Yep. He's going after Cullen Bunn yep. for Busiest Man in Comics, I think. I don't know. Cullen Bunn writes like 15 yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> Cullen Bunn writes stuff I've never even heard of. Like, yeah, that's that true. Really? Where was that? You yeah. Know? That's a good solid pick. Yeah. Solid pick, Kyle. Huh? Moving along. What else you got? Best series. Best series. I've got the Flintstones. Great answer. That's a great choice. Yep. So good. I hadn't thought of that, but that's a great choice. Yeah. I would say most shocking. I mean, it's definitely. just so different. So different. Uh, Com- and completely I, unexpected. I think we're going to see a lot more series like that. I hope so. I really yeah. hope that's true. Yeah. The Snagglepuss stuff that's coming looks... Oh, yeah. Next week. Man. Uh, I, I really hope... I didn't think that this Hanna-Barbera line was going to be any good at all because the first thing we saw from it was fucking Wacky Raceland. And then Scooby-Doo. And that book was awful. To be fair, there's been like six entries in this line, two of which are any good. Um, Snagglepuss yeah, and the Future Quest... Well, I guess Future, okay, Future Quest, Quest is excellent. Uh, the Flintstones, like these are books that definitely should not have been any good, yeah. and they are amazing. The really, really good stuff. Yeah. And I hope that they continue it. Like I want to see, like give me a Blue Falcon and Dynamite kind of thing. Oh yeah, 
There are so many characters. Well, they popped they, up in Future they Quest. Do. They're there. Did they? Blue Falcon and Dynamite? Absolutely. Did? Yeah, they're awesome. awesome. Well, that was Birdman. Birdman popped no, up. No, Blue Future Falcon Quest. and Dynamite popped up, popped up too. Birdman's like their Superman type character. I'll take your word for it. All right. I don't think you're right. And that also goes into my best one shot. Best so one shot. My best one shot is the Elmer Fudd Batman, which yes. I wish they would continue. Yeah, that was so good. Again, had no reason to be good at all. DC is killing it with these like yeah. subversive, weird tie-in books. Yeah. Or uh, adaptations. And like, who was that geared towards? When they said, let's do a Batman Elmer Fudd crossover, like, who was that geared towards? The and only reason it sold is because people reviewed it and went, holy shit, this is amazing. Well, and, the, <laughs> and the thing is, is that they have done, they have done Looney Tunes crossover books before, but they treated them like you would expect. Like right. they're like, like a cartoon. It was right? wackadoo. It was stupid. Right. It's yeah. all ages fun. No, let's do a Batman Elmer Fudd one shot and it's going to be like gritty. Yeah. <laughs> noir like, detective story. What if Elmer Fudd was a murder actual mystery. character in, you know, yeah. Gotham. So wonderful. Another great pick, Kyle. Yep. My last one that I wanted to talk about is just my best uh, graphic novel for the year. Okay. It's, it was published by First Second. It's called Spill Zone by Scott Westerfield. I don't know if you've read of it, heard of it or read it. I heard about but it. it. Is, it is really excellent. Um, I picked it up on a whim. Uh, I stopped by, unfortunately, I stopped by one of our local comic stores that was going out of business and they had a huge sale and I picked it up on a whim and it is really, really, really excellent. Um, it's about this area that had some kind of contamination. We're still trying to figure out what happened and they've got all kinds of like weird, nasty creatures. There's areas in the uh, book where like everything just turned completely flat, like completely two dimensional, like on the ground. And it's about this, uh, this teenager who like goes in there and, and takes pictures of this spills on like she has to break into this area, take pictures of all these crazy things. She sells her pictures, but so many cool things happen. Um, and it just really takes you through, uh, through a loop. It's, uh, it's, a, it's really excellent. I would encourage you to, to With Scott and, Westerfeld and, and Alex Poveland. Yes. Yeah. Spill yes. zone. I do remember hearing about that and I was like, Ooh, I need to read that. And then I got caught up reading like, I don't know. The, Everything like, else. Yeah. Too many like <laughs> bad girl crossovers <laughs> for this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and first, second, put it out. Yes. Oh, first I bet. I, I bet we can get I first, I, second, put it out. It came out in May. Oh, I bet I can get them to send us one. Yeah, we should. We should read that. It looks yeah. awesome. I, I'm loving everything from first, second. They're, they're great. Make, they're, they're really great. First, second is great fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Very and high quality. Really stuff. good people work there. It's a good company, good yep. publisher. Yeah, definitely. Kyle, thanks for your call, man. Get out there and enjoy the weather. And think about right, us have a happy New Year as next. our skin turns paler to 2018 and chafes and cracks in the cold wind. <laughs> you know, Just think of us. <laughs> happy New Year to you too, Kyle. Thanks for everything. Okay. All right, talk okay, to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you to everybody that called in. And everybody that played along. We did a lot of rambling today, but the Beppos is where we do this. It's where we talk about yeah. we're recapping. The rest of the show is going to be real short. Yeah, yeah. We're recapping. Uh, you want to play these uh, holiday greetings real quick? Um, I think I'll probably just tag. I'll probably just tack them on. Okay. In the end, like while the music's playing and stuff, you know. Well, I mean, I'm kind but of. But thank you to everybody for your holiday greetings. It was very sweet. I wish we could have played them last week, but you know, stuff happens. We'll be back here next Saturday from eleven to twelve thirty Central Standard Time, where we'll be playing cover to cover and discussing the new question of the week. So because we took a week off, we're going to revisit the question that I had originally posted Okay, uh, from Joe Bankus. The best worst 
thing in comics. The thing that you, the comic series that everybody hates, but you can't help but love. Okay. And he's posted this question in honor of the best worst movie of all time in his estimation. Troll 2. Troll 2 is pretty, um, pretty bad. Yeah. I don't know. It's definitely up there. <laughs> it's definitely way up there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the book, the book, the book that, uh, the best worst comic book that you love the book that, yeah, that you love that does not deserve it. Okay. <laughs> Excelsior. Oh. So that is it for THN 472. If you dig podcasts that have been around for seven years too damn long, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. THN is a listener-supported podcast, and we want to clang our nega bands together and shoot a cosmic thank you to everyone that supports us on PayPal and Patreon. Without you nerds, we could not afford to pay our wave motion gun engineering team, yeah. and those nerds don't work cheap. No, and I don't know how that thing fucking works, so... <laughs> Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to friend of the show, Cameron Williams, and his wife, Karen, and THN love slave, Ryan Mount, not a friend of the show, slave, Hate that and his guy. wife, Lisa. Both couples welcomed baby daughters into the world last week, and we're glad to report that everyone is happy, healthy, ten fingers, ten toes. There you go. Word to both happy families. Three or four eyes yeah. between them. Strangely, they both named their daughters Dagmar without talking to each other. Oh, yeah, they've never met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was going to be Doug Leisha, but they went with Dagmar. (laughs) Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might just change the name on your profile to LaDasha. Whoa. It's L with a bunch of dashes after it. Yeah, yeah, and a show. And a show, yeah. (laughs) This is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. Happy New Year, folks. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.